Hi, this is Steve Edison for the Movements Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Well, today we're just north of Winnipeg talking to Danny Mackay about pioneering movements in Canada. And I've been uh, a youth pastor at a Christian school of about 850 students, kindergarten to grade 12. I was involved in camp ministry, music ministry. Um, and then um, I started working with, with World Vision and, uh, you know, doing, doing a lot of uh, fundraising and advocating on behalf of the world's poor and and mobilizing people to to get engaged with with issues, but but underneath it all, I just I have always felt and had this this strong call to unreached people, to share the gospel, to see people come to faith in Christ, um, and, and I felt like in a lot of the the ministries that I was doing that. Uh, I wasn't really living that out. I mean, I had some opportunities to, to share the gospel, um, especially with World Vision as I became kind of a, a national spokesman. I mean, I was traveling with, uh, I'd, I'd toured with the, the Newsboys. I'd toured with Thousand Foot Crutch and different artists. But, but at the heart, like deep down, I, I just, I had this missing piece of, but what about those that, that don't get to hear the gospel? What about, and um, I was, uh, at church one day and the Lord absolutely like they, you know, the worship team called us to stand and start singing. And it was still kind of in that, you know, happy clappy worship songs. And the Lord totally broke my heart. And, and I would describe it as, uh, his, passion came in rather than that mine came out. <laughs> uh, and, and I felt, uh, I felt our father's heart for the unreached, for the persecuted, uh, those that haven't heard. And, uh, I felt the cry of God's heart and it broke me. Like I was halfway through the first song and it wasn't that I was thinking about stuff necessarily that morning or was reading anything or was listening to, to anything. I, it just, it just out of nowhere, God met me. And, um, I had this strong sense that he was saying, I'm sending you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I was a mess. Steve, my wife was like, are you okay? And I mean, I couldn't even explain. I couldn't, I couldn't put it into words in, in that moment. And the speaker got up. He was a guest speaker from uh, Hillsong actually at our, at our church. And uh, it was a big church. And he, he spoke about how God will stir your heart when he's calling you. And, and everything was lined up. And, um, and I just knew. And it wasn't long after I was speaking at an event in Toronto, knowing that, that something was about to change. And uh, I met Jeremy Dorton, who is the Canadian director for E3 Partners in Canada, and uh, he asked me if I was familiar with I Am Second. And, and I said, yeah, absolutely. I love that ministry. And, and he started sharing what's going on behind the videos, all that kind of stuff, and uh, unreached people groups and how um, you know, they're mobilizing and all these countries and, and started sharing a lot of the vision. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I knew this was it. I knew that this was my uh, opportunity to, to jump the bridge. And so my wife and I sold our home. 
um, got rid of everything and stepped out in absolute faith. And, uh, uh, it was a crazy journey. It was awesome, but, um, you know, wound up plugging in and, uh, and it was at that time when E3 Partners was kind of getting more involved with No Place Left. And so it was perfect timing for E3. It was perfect timing for me. And and I uh, got to meet uh, His Highness Troy Cooper. And uh, he came to Canada and did a training for our new, young, inexperienced um, uh, team. And I got to hear the vision of going after no place left and got a training in four fields. And I just thought, how did I miss this, this whole time? And uh, it was so clear in scripture. And I felt like I was empowered in a new way to empower others, to equip others and training. It wasn't about Danny being this great, uh, the next Billy Graham. It was about equipping everybody to go out and share the gospel. And so uh, it's been close to five years now that I've been involved and uh, just am learning and growing and fumbling forward and uh, enjoying the incredible journey. So that that's how I kind of got, okay. got roped in. So, I, I don't know if it's his majesty or just the dark prince, but um, <laughs> after you met Troy and you got some of the, the pieces how, what happened next? How did you start? Well, I still had this, this platform that now I was almost uncomfortable with like, okay, well, how do I, how do I still be this, um, this speaker up on stage at conferences and concerts and youth events when now there's this whole equipping others and making disciples. Cause I think that's what I, I, I first, I realized is I'm not making disciples. Mm-hmm. I'm, people are coming forward and getting saved and then, well, good luck, you know? And, and, uh, so I, I really started to, to pray and ask God to, uh, for wisdom on, on what do I do with this? And so what I started doing was I, I started turning these speaking opportunities into trainings. And so when they would invite me to come and, and speak four or five main sessions at a conference, I would turn each of them into a training and I would actually get sometimes up to, you know, um, you know, a thousand students uh, practicing sharing the gospel right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it became, you know, I remember having the camera pointed uh, right to this uh, little whiteboard that I had so that it was all up on the big screens. And I was teaching them the three circles or the bridge or whatever it, what gospel tool we were using at the time and, and uh, just started training uh, instead of just speaking, I started casting vision um, to the to the leaders in that area that like, look, I'm just giving you guys the surface stuff. But if you'd like to go deeper, we'd love to come back some people from our team. And and so people would take us up on those uh, invites. And so we'd get invited back into that city into more of a smaller 20, 30, 40, sometimes 100, 150 uh, sometimes eight <laughs> yeah. uh, people training. And, and I loved, I started loving that falling in love with that equipping for a full day or two, as opposed to just speaking from a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and we started to see fruit. We started to see people get involved in their communities. We started getting stories of people sharing the gospel. We started getting 
um, you know, pastors that wanted their whole church to get on board. And so we started following up and coaching and mentoring. And now uh, we've got staff all across the country from BC to uh, Newfoundland. We've got people that have raised up, um, that we've raised up and that have jumped in full time and are planting churches and they're training and raising up leaders who are, who are doing the same. So, can but you, yeah, can I just remember if we went back to the early days when you're out training, um, lots of people, hundreds or thousands of people, uh, can you remember any of the memorable stories from that time of how they put the training into practice? Yeah, one of the uh, one of the greatest uh, ones I remember early on was uh, one of our team members named uh, Mark Mark Ends. He, uh, you know, was already called to ministry. Was already praying about which ministry is going to be a part of and it had already got it already been speaking to him about, you know, by June or July, he'd be in ministry. And, and so, um, started to, to share with him and, and, and train him, started taking him to training, started going out into the harvest with him and, uh, watching God just break his heart for the, the seek people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was with him when he got called. We were praying in the car as we were driving back from a training we did in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, he was driving back and we were praying, we were worshiping, and he just said, I think God is calling me to reach Sikh people. And so he started really focusing on them and he started looking for them in malls. He started going into their neighborhoods and he started engaging them. And I remember uh, one of the very first um, times I had taught Mark about the person of peace, he uh he was praying and asking God for a person of peace. And we were in a mall and um, he walked up to the, this, the a Sikh security guard. And he walked up to him and he asked him the miracle question, you know, Hey, if, if there's uh, is there anything we can pray for you? You know, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? And, and the guy stopped and he looked at Mark and he said, is the one you pray to named Jesus? And Mark said, uh, yeah, that, that's who we pray to. And the guy said, wow. He says, you know, seven nights ago, I had this dream and I was in this river and I was being pulled under and sucked under by the current. But this hand reached down and pulled me out and he lifted me out. And he said, my name is Jesus. And if you're with me, you are safe. And he said, for seven days now, I've been praying to this Jesus and I've been asking him to send me someone that would teach me about him. Will you teach me? And so Mark just like, looks at me, he's like, it works, you know, and, and uh, so uh, he started discipling this guy, he started getting saved, he got baptized, and now they're, they're raising that guy up to go and reach other Sikhs, and they've already got a church started with Sikh people, so yeah, that was, that was an early win where I just realized, you know, God is raising up laborers, and he's already calling people, He's already working in their heart. He's already drawn them to himself. He's already filling his church with, with, with vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many are just looking for that on-ramp. They just have no idea where to start or how to get going. And what I love about the tools that we train is that it just equips people on how to get going, gives them vision, gives them tools, it equips them, and teaches them how to teach others. And so, um, yeah, just saw some early wins like that. Yeah. And people... 
And so in, in that sort of first phase, um, it's out there. You've already got pre-existing opportunities and relationships. Um, you and others are, are just out training lots of people. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of opportunities. And I, I think it's, you know, yeah, because I, I, I have that platform which has enabled us to to cast a lot of vision across the whole country um, at, at some, you know some of the biggest events here in 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 Canada, and so uh, it's almost like you're looking for uh, you know Christians of peace <laughs> or or pastors of peace or networks of peace you know um, people that that are open to doing things different than the traditional way. So that's been a, that's been a blessing to our team. Um, and I've been able to open doors for us that way. And uh, when you open doors, you come back with a team and you're positioning others off the back of your natural contacts and opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm sending others that, uh, that are going to a training that, that, you know, I'm, I'm doing the handoff. And saying, if you'd like this, uh, we can connect you with people who can come in. And and so I, I love that because it, it used to be at first it was me running back and doing all the training. And then recently God started speaking to us, uh, gave us a 10-2 vision where we were going to train in 10 regions across Canada, do three touches of training with a mid-level uh, in two years. And that's just too much for one person hmm. uh, with all the other things I got on the go. And so now we're, we're sending and raising up leaders in those regions who can run with those trainings. And so, yeah, a lot of delegating, uh, which has just been a, uh, the way that we've been able to cast a wide vision and mobilize uh, strategically in different places across Canada that way. So how do you, there's all those opportunities. How do you then sift that and work out, who to invest in, who, you know, if you've got some examples of, okay, we trained 500, but we found these, this guy or, or this team over here. And because um, otherwise you've got a movement of trainings, haven't you? Yeah. So just tell us about some of the people or teams that you've identified. These guys are really going for it now. Um, let's circle back and, help them take it further. Yeah. It's when, you know, when, when they, when they really seek us out, uh, we always make it available. Hey, we'd love to hear your stories. Mm. We'd love to, to stay in touch. If you have some great things that are happening, let us know if you need more resources, we've got lots more training. Uh, this is enough to get started. Let us know what we can do. And, and we really, uh, just wait to hear back and and then, uh, you know, or uh, sometimes other team members wind up pointing somebody else to us or oh, you guys really need to connect with this guy. He's doing some cool mm. stuff. And so, you know, we might follow up and say, hey, man, uh, we're doing this training. You want to come? And and we, we find them and, 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 and we really try to look at the fruit, not just the desire. Uh, we get a lot of people we'd call, um, you know, fans mm. of, of the movement. Um, but we're looking for, for doers, not just fans. 
we want to see people that are actually bearing fruit. Like, uh, for example, just recently, our, our, our next guy that we're putting through the, the process of, of taking him on full time on our team, um, he, he caught the vision. You know, at a training, him and I sat down and, and we spent probably 11 or 12 hours uh, at, a, at a conference. It wasn't even a, um, related to multiplication or movements. Uh, it was a church planting conference. And um, we just spent 12 hours during that conference. I was sharing with him, you know, the four fields and multiplication. And, and he caught the vision for that. And so he's already been going out and he's already been training others. And he's like, why am I planting one church? in one town when I could plant 60 churches all across the province. And so he's just getting the vision and now he's, he's hitting the ground running. And so we want to, and are getting behind him and uh, spending time investing in him, taking him to trainings, uh, going out and visiting him. We sometimes pack up our families. We've gone uh, three families, went on a road trip to a new team member and just spent a whole weekend with him and his family, just casting vision, going through trainings, building relationships, encouraging them, helping them through hangups, uh, helping his wife uh, see the vision of, of what her husband was getting involved in. Um, and yeah, so we just, you know, we find those people who, who we feel are on board. And sometimes it's for a short season and they drop off or get distracted or go back to their old ways. And we kind of, God bless you. And we move on, but some stick. And they wind up joining our team in a full-time capacity or bivocational. You know, mm. we don't put any pressure one way or another. So Canada um, is a bit like Europe, a bit like Australia and New Zealand. It's, it's in terms of the spiritual climate. Um, mm. It's uh, very different to the U.S. or, well, there are parts of the U.S. like Canada. But, you know, typically we'd sort of say, well, these are post-Christian cultures. You you you're really going to be in trouble in terms of um, winning new disciples, planting churches. Yeah. So how are Canadians responding to the gospel? I'm finding um, Canadians are incredibly uh, responsive to the gospel, especially uh, new immigrants. You know, we're going to be. Uh, close to 25% immigrants nationally by I think the year 2023 or something, something like that, like within the next short while. Born overseas and migrated to Canada. Born overseas and are now here. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing an incredible openness amongst Eritreans, um, Haitians, amongst the Sikh, amongst India, you know, Indians that are here. Um, even some Muslims, Filipinos, like, wow, First Nations, uh, which would, uh, in America, they'd call them Native Americans. Uh, our First Nations people are responding to the gospel quite, quite hugely. Um, you know, poor areas, like in our inner cities, we're seeing massive responses, quick responses, churches being planted, uh, disciples, you know, groups, no problem. Uh, um, amongst your, your, you know, Middle class, upper class Canadians, it's a lot more difficult for obvious reasons. But still, they are coming as well. Our biggest challenge, people are responding to the gospel, but I think one of our biggest challenges is getting them to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much new believers. New believers kind of do it. A lot of them, not all of them, but many of them do that naturally. But where we struggle 
is when you're, when you're training a church, you know, of people, pre-existing believers, 10 years, 15, 20 year Christians, it's very difficult to get them to think like it's so far outside the box for them to go and share the gospel mm. and make disciples and plant or like to go out on the streets or to go into neighborhoods and knock on doors and be intentional. That is so far from Canadian culture. Um, it, that's, that's our biggest challenge. If we can get Christians from those churches, just sharing the gospel at work with their neighbor, that's massive win for us. Mm. Massive. Okay. And I, I think I've worked out why the, the Haitians and the Filipinos are so responsive. It's once they go through their first Canadian winter, you know, <laughs> after living in, you know, somewhere near the equator, I, I, I think the Lord just breaks them and, and, and they're open. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, the way the suffering opens up people's yeah. hearts, right? <laughs> so, um, so across Canada... You're seeing openness to the gospel. You're seeing new believers. Uh, how's the church formation going? That's one of the challenges. Uh, again, amongst Filipinos, no problem. We had one guy, uh, he started 42 house churches in uh, less than eight months, mm. just starting with a few of his friends and sharing the gospel with his friends and training them. And, and they went out and they saw uh, over 600 Filipinos in Winnipeg come to Christ and did over 130 baptisms. And they had to do group baptisms. They had to actually uh, rent a public pool uh, and go do a whole bunch of baptisms uh, all in, in one Saturday afternoon. Cause they just had uh, incredible amounts of people coming to Christ and the Sikhs, mm-hmm. Uh, as well, they love their temples, and so when you have a building, and, and, and they'll come and they'll bring their families and they'll bring their friends, and they they want to learn about this Jesus. They're they're very open, um, uh, and so we have some of that in certain pockets. But you know, um, the the there's some challenge, you know, amongst like First Nations, in that it's very difficult to raise up consistent leaders. Because they come from so much brokenness, yeah. um, there's a lot of falling away, coming back, mm-hmm. falling away again, getting arrested, going to jail, coming out, or, you know, going through like their children getting taken by child and family services. And so you, you lose these leaders and, and uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge that way to raise up consistent leaders. Um, so there's a lot of disciples making disciples, but church formation we're finding is very slow. Plus Canada has a massive um, affiliation to traditional building. Mm-hmm. So even, even uh, you know, new believers, they instantly like, well, so I got to go to that church down the street, right? Like I got to go to that building. Right. And that's still very much a part of our culture. And we don't discourage that. We just say, no, if you want, I mean, go, go on the Sunday, but hey, let's meet Tuesday nights. And do you know anyone else that you want to invite? And we, so we still try to, to come up with a both and mm. like, sure, go, go plug into that church. If, if that's what you want or you have or your mom goes there or your grandma goes or that's the one you went to years ago, by all means, go ahead. But let's meet Tuesday nights, you know, and so we're, we're really trying to, to, to do that. Um, but like I said, I, I, I think our, 
our biggest win right now in Canadian culture is if we can just get people to go out on the streets and out into neighborhoods and start sharing the gospel um, and making disciples, that's, that's a big win for us. Mm. It's a big win. You know, um, another thing that, that has been really key for our Canadian team, uh, we are seeing this top to bottom um, is, is uh, how important praying for healing is in the harvest. Um, You know, and even Jesus said, when you enter the village, heal the sick that are there, you know, (laughs) and tell them that the kingdom has come near. And so we've, we've got, uh, we had a few guys on our team, myself included, that were really open to this and we're starting to see it in our, in our lives. And so we started incorporating it into some of the trainings that we do and going out into the harvest and added it into the miracle question of, you know, if God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? Is there anyone in your family that's sick? Do you have any pain in your body? Anything like that. And we're just seeing time after time after time in different team members um, praying for the sick that they're getting healed right there in the harvest. And uh, God's doing great things. And once that happens, it's such a, a supernatural experience for them that their openness to the gospel and we don't just leave it there. We go right to the gospel. You know why that happened? First of all, because Jesus is real and he loves you. And, uh, you know, has anyone ever shared the gospel with you? Well, let me share that with you. It'll take me one minute and then we'll go into the three circles. We, we don't just camp out on the healing, but that's our, it's become a, a big part of our entry. Give us a story of uh, you've seen God work like that. Sure. Well, um, I'm one of the ones that, that, uh, stands out to me the most is, uh, this, uh, I mean, there's, there's thousands, but this, this one really struck me is, uh, we were at a, a circle K in Florida. I was down there with, uh, with another guy and, and we noticed this guy walk into the circle K and his, his neck was bent and his shoulder was all stiffened up and he was walking like he was in some pain and he couldn't even turn his head. And I walked up to him and uh, I just, I, I'm going to go pray for that guy. And so I walked up and I said, Hey man, my name's Danny. What's your name? And he says, I'm, I'm Steve. And I said, Steve, what's, what's wrong with your shoulder and, and your neck? It looks like something's bugging you. And he says, Oh, I had an accident at work about a year ago and I've fused three vertebrae together. Uh, I've been to massage therapy, chiropractor. They, they can't fix it. They figure it's permanent. And I said, well, would you mind if we uh, just prayed for you? So I, I believe God does miracles and I would love to pray for you. Would you, would you be cool with that? And he said, well, sure. You know, I got nothing else to lose. <laughs> so he let us pray for him. And, and, and Steve, I'm not even going to exaggerate this story to make it cooler. We laid hands on him and, uh, and we prayed for him. We asked God to fix his shoulder. Uh, I said, Lord, in Jesus name, I ask you to take all pain, all stiffness, and to fix whatever bones or muscle or tissue or tendons, ligaments, whatever needs to be healed. Lord, I pray you do that right now in Jesus name. Amen. And then he said, you know, he just looked at us and he said, thanks guys. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I said, well, Hey man, um, do, do you feel anything? Is anything different? And he said, well, I, uh, all of a sudden he started lifting his arm and he said, Oh, uh, wow. Like I, I can move my arm. Wow. And the girl at the, 
at the counter was watching this and she's like, she's known him for a long time. And she's like, Oh my gosh, Steve. Wow. You know? And he's like, I, 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 I've never felt that before. He's like, I haven't been able to do this for a year. And he's spinning his arm, like no problem. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how's your neck? And he still wasn't able to move his neck. So I said, well, can we pray for that? And he said, you know, he basically grabbed our hands and put them right on his neck <laughs> and uh, prayed for his neck. And, uh, and then he tried turning his head and all of a sudden, you heard this pop as his neck just all of a sudden he was turning his head and he's spinning his arm. You can and hear he's it. just like, you heard I it. heard it. I heard it pop. It just like it was like a like a snap. And he said his ears were ringing. It was so loud. And uh, all three of us heard it. And he uh, was able to move his neck and his arm. And then he just broke. What do you mean he broke? You know, he was, he was, he was, he started to cry. He just, he was just touched by the, the power of God, you know? And, and, uh, I said, Steve, do you know why that happened? And he said, I, no, I don't know why, man. Why? And I said, because he loves you. And he started sharing about all his sin and how unworthy he is. And I said, well, that's why Jesus died on the cross. And mm. we shared the gospel with him and he just, decided to turn and believe. In fact, we baptized him uh, the next day in his own bathtub in his apartment, you know, and uh, just, you know, that uh, is a, a, a real manifest, tangible way to demonstrate the love of God has become something that our Canadian team has embraced and um, has not shunned or been afraid of. Um, does a hundred percent of people get healed? No, but here's what I've learned about healing. I used to not pray for anyone to get healed and no one got healed. Now I pray for everyone to get healed and some get healed. <laughs> so I remember, uh, I think one of the, the coolest ones for me was, uh, this training I, I did very, very early on. Um, I can't even believe they let me train you know, cause I mean, so much of it was here at once and go and try it. And so there was a lot of ready fire aim when it came to training, but I had this one pastor who was very excited to get his church out there. And they had about 30 to 40 people show up for this training. And so the, the, the pastor, I, I don't think he realized that we were actually going to go out on the street hmm. and go put this into, into practice. So he was kind of freaking out a little bit. And uh, I said, brother, this is, this is what it looks like. We can't just teach it. We got to model it. We got to go do it. And so out we went and I decided to, to partner up with him and his name was Dan. And, uh, and so Dan and Danny headed out two by two and we went right across the street from his church, right across the street. Mm. And this guy was probably in his mid twenties, tattoos, uh, big hoop earrings, you know, just a young guy comes around the corner and looks at us. And, uh, you know, we said, Oh, Hey, how you doing? It's, you know, it's, my name's Danny. This is Dan. And he goes, well, I'm Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Dan, Danny and Daniel. Um, we, we just told him what we're doing. We said, we're just out in the community, man, just praying for people. And we're just wondering, is there anything we could pray for you? And he said, man, that is unbelievable. He said, I've, I've started talking to God lately. And um, he's like, I just have no idea where to start, how to connect with them. 
And I pointed at the church and I said, there's a church right there. And he said, yeah, I know. I, I just, I've just never gone. I don't know. I just never. And so we shared the gospel with this guy, let the pastor do it. And this guy totally received Christ and was very open to follow up. And so we spent our whole hour and a half with him, just encouraging him, sharing stories of the Bible, sharing our stories, testimonies, everything. And of course they had follow-up meetings set and all this kind of stuff. But we went back to the church and this absolutely blew the pastor's mind that right across the street, God was already working. Mm -hmm. And he said, he lives across from my church. Yeah. And he won't come. And he just, it just seeing that light come on, you know, and that's what we have to, we have to be in the harvest. We have to take people in the harvest. You know, we, ha- we have to be out there and take them with us. So that was a, I, I liked that. That that was a exciting moment for me too. Danny, what's, uh, where's this headed? What's, What's God put on your heart and the heart of the the team for Canada? Well, I I sort of referred to it before of uh, focusing on on 10 regions of Canada, uh, being specific, strategic. And the interesting thing was, is it wasn't this, uh, hey, we need a vision. We need to be able to articulate it. It needs to be creative. We need to, um, it it didn't come uh, like that. I was aware that, you know, I I probably need to really ask the Lord and press in. And so I started doing that and asking him for a specific something that we could point to and and use as a measurable. And then I just heard him speak it into my spirit, 10-2. And I thought at first he was referring to prayer and praying Luke 10-2. And then I just felt, no, 10 regions, three touches of training in the next two years. And uh, that felt like a little overwhelming and and a bit big for our team. And are we ready? Um, And then all all of a sudden within a week, I started getting phone calls Mm. from specific regions from different. And and what I realized is that God didn't give me a task to go do. He was telling me what he's about to do and that I better get behind and keep up. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I started focusing on re- on really investing in our team and getting them so that they could go and do these trainings either by themselves or swarm train with, with others. So they didn't need me because it was really, you know, I was kind of doing the bulk of it. And so I really started focusing on that, but that that's our goal is that God would raise up laborers that are, you know, own the vision in their region are able to raise up and train others and, uh, and are running. And so that we just continue to coach them. Uh, so that's our next immediate task is, is to focus on that. After that, I, I really, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the next step is. God hasn't specifically given us that, but for now we really just want to focus on training, mm-hmm. identifying leaders, coaching and equipping them and getting them running. And then once we get that, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where we're supposed to go from there. But that's all right.